Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 2, and we'll start reading in verse 18. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18 is where we will start. We're in a study of the book of 1 John entitled, The Last Apostle. Now, the reason we entitled it The Last Apostle is because he was the last living apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. All the other apostles had passed away, and he was the last man standing. And not only that, he was the last one to pen words and write words that would be put in this Bible. The last words that were written in this Bible were written by the Apostle John. He wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. Now, our study brings us to one of the most interesting passages of Scripture and one of the most interesting subjects to be found in all the Bible. This morning, we will start a study on the subject of the Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist. Now, if John, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, felt like it was important for the first church for the New Testament church, those first churches that were established, if it was important for them to be knowledgeable on the subject of the Antichrist, if he wanted them to know about the Antichrist and the growing spirit of Antichrist in the world, and if that spirit of Antichrist is growing more and more in the world in which we live, and it is, then how much more do you and I need to look into God's Word, know exactly what it says, be knowledgeable on the subject, and take time to study the Antichrist and the growing spirit of Antichrist. Now, very simply, what I want you to do is I want you to hear and understand, to hear and know exactly what the Bible says about the Antichrist and that growing spirit. And trust me, it is growing in the world today like I've never seen. If anything, over the last five or ten years, it has accelerated. And in some ways it's alarming, and in some ways it's not, if you understand the Scriptures. And so that's where we'll begin. Now, the first thing I want to tell you about the Antichrist, and this may be a little bit shocking to you, but we're studying John and his writings Did you know John is the only biblical writer that uses the word antichrist? He's the only one. But however, 
The whole Bible has a lot to say about the Antichrist. So what we'll do in our study is this. We'll begin with the writings of John and we'll see what John has to say. And then we'll look at what the rest of the Bible has to offer on the subject. And it will be exciting. Now, I want to stop right here and I want to give you a warning. I really want to encourage you to plead with you. To say to you, please, please, don't get infatuated with the Antichrist. Now that may seem like a strange request, but it really is an important request. Because the enemy will do anything he can to sidetrack you and to get you to take your eyes off the true Christ. Don't get infatuated with the Antichrist. I've seen this happen before. I've seen people who would do a study for instance, on demons. And then they get all carried away on the subject of demons. And and that's all they think about is demons. And everything is about demons. And, And they're always trying to cast out demons or to get somebody to cast demons out of them. They're always fighting demons. If I don't anoint my house with oil and pray over it every day, demons will come in and invade my home. If I don't pray over my children every night when I put them to bed, demons will attack them in their sleep. And they get all crazy about demons, and it's all they can think about. And they develop this uh, paranoid kind of Christian lifestyle that's consumed with demons and a world full of evil. Now, friends, I don't know any other way to say this except just don't do that. Don't do that. That's what the enemy wants you to do. That's not what God wants you to do. See, the Bible is crystal clear about what God wants us to do. The the Bible tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Child of God, you don't have to be afraid. And as we do this study, remember, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of demons. You don't have to be afraid of the Antichrist. You don't have to be afraid of the spirit of Antichrist. You need to know what's going on, but you don't have to be afraid. You are already a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who loved you and gave himself for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? The Bible's clear on this issue. Don't become obsessed. Don't become consumed. Don't become distracted by these subjects. Let's learn them and then let's move on. Now, on those occasions, and trust me, you will have some in your life when you're up against some evil spirit, when you're up against the enemy or some demonic force, when that happens, just do exactly what God's Word says. Take it to the Lord in prayer, and then with the authority God has given you, resist the devil and he'll flee from you, and then go back to living your victorious Christian life. The one thing you don't want to do, the one thing you don't want to do, listen, important, is don't resist the devil and when he flees from you, don't chase after him. Just put him to flight and go back to chasing after Christ. And just love him and walk with him and and enjoy every moment of your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So our study on the Antichrist should not cause us to fret or worry or be upset in the least at all. 
In fact, it should do just the opposite. The more we learn about the Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist, the more it should reveal to us the true Christ and the one we've put our faith and trust in. And that should be reassuring. Now, at the end of the message today, I will present to you what I'll call a surprise scripture. And when I give you this surprise scripture, it'll comfort your heart. And you'll, you'll really understand why we shouldn't get all bent out of shape about this stuff. But we should know it. Now, let's read our text. Here's what John says. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I've not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Now what John is saying in this passage of Scripture, plain and simple, is this. Antichrist is coming. He is coming. He is on his way. But many Antichrist are already among us. The spirit of Antichrist is already here. And what John's trying to get them to understand is it's not just some major big event that's going to take place in the future, but it's going on now. It's growing. It's mounting. The spirit of Antichrist was among that first church. And friends, it's among us too. And so what I want us to do as we begin this study, it'll be twofold. First thing is we will look at a biblical profile of the Antichrist himself, the actual man who will be the end-time Antichrist as foretold in Scripture. We'll take a look at his life, who he is. And then the second thing we'll do is we'll look at the growing spirit of Antichrist in the world. And I can tell you, it was already in that early church. And friends, it is here among us, all around us in this world. And it's not just growing, it's ablaze right now. Man, the spirit of Antichrist is everywhere. And we'll look at that next week. But for this morning, just a profile of the Antichrist. Now... What I'd like for us to do is to begin with his name, or I guess I should say his names, plural, because the Bible gives him quite a few names, and we won't look at all of them, but we'll look at some of them, and the names that are given to the Antichrist tell us a great deal about him. First of all, he is the Antichrist. That means he's against Christ. He's anti-anything that has to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's anti-church. He's anti-the people of God. Here's another name given to him in the Bible, man of sin. Jesus Christ was the man without sin. He will be the man of sin. Everything about Jesus Christ was holy. Everything about this man will be sinful. 
He's also called in Scripture the lawless one. He'll be out to break every law, every standard of God. He'll be out to destroy everything that's holy, everything that's good, everything that's pure. He will hate anything and everything that has to do with our Lord God. He's the lawless one. He's also called the false Christ. That means he's the counterfeit Christ. He's the one who's trying to take the place of Christ himself. And for countless millions around this world, that's exactly what he'll do. He will deceive them. He's called the false Christ. He's also called the beast. In the book of Revelation, he's called the beast. On one hand, he will be brilliant, but on the other hand, he will be this savage, wild animal, as it were, dangerous, cruel, and deadly. The world has never seen a monster like the one that's coming, the Antichrist. He's also called the son of perdition. The son of perdition. Now, depending on how you interpret that word perdition, that means that he's the son of hell. He's the son of Satan. Some say it means he's the son of destruction. Others say that means he's the son of hell on earth. But here's what I want you to understand, friends. Jesus Christ was the son of God. He will be the son of Satan. Jesus said everything he had came from the Father. Everything that the Antichrist has will come from his father, Satan. Now, there are a lot of other names in the Bible, but that gives us a pretty good starting place. We'll just stop with those six. But I, I do want to clarify something. And we shouldn't even have to stop and do this, but I need to. We need to clarify something. Let's talk just for a moment, just briefly, on this. Let's talk about who is not the Antichrist. <laughs> Man, throughout the ages, it's just nonstop the people who are accused of being the Antichrist. I mean, it is nonstop. Nero was the first. Those first Christians believed that Nero was the Antichrist. But he wasn't. And then when the Roman Catholic Church was established, they accused the Pope of being the Antichrist. And I suppose every Pope who has held office since has been accused of being the Antichrist. And, and then it's just been explosive since then. Charlemagne was accused of being the Antichrist. Napoleon was accused of being the Antichrist. Mussolini was accused of being the Antichrist. Hitler, Stalin, Franco, Gorbachev, Arafat, all, Henry Kissinger even made the list. I mean, and, and those are just a few. You, you can look it up how many people throughout the ages have been accused of being the Antichrist. And let's not leave out our American presidents. No, that would be a shame if we did that. Did you know that there was a large group of people who honestly believed articles were written about the subject while he was president? There was a large group of people that believed that Franklin D. Roosevelt was the Antichrist. They believed he was the man. <clears throat> Excuse me. They believed he was the man 
that would rule the world and ruin the world and lead it into its downfall, as foretold in the Scriptures. And I guess just about every president we've had since then has been accused of being the Antichrist. John F. Kennedy, with all of his power and all of his money and all that he had, surely John F. Kennedy would be the Antichrist. But he wasn't. And this won't surprise you. Richard Nixon, with all of his scheming and deception, they actually thought Richard Nixon was the Antichrist. And this was one I felt hard to believe, that people felt like Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist. Because he didn't listen to anybody. Nobody pushed Ronald Reagan around. He stood up for what he believed in. And so they said, okay, nobody can stop this guy. He'll rule the world. But he didn't. And we could not leave out Bill Clinton. I mean, so much charisma, so charming, so political. He just had a way of pulling everybody around him in spite of himself. And, but he wasn't. And then, you know, and I've skipped some, but even today there are people who say Barack Obama is the Antichrist. And I've got to tell you, friends, the only thing people do when they make such accusations is they acknowledge that they don't have a clue what the Bible teaches. I can tell you all of these men that I've named, even the worst of them, are grossly underqualified for the position. Oh, you see, friends, the Hitlers, the Stalins, the Mussolinis of this world are not even in the same class with this monster that's coming. Oh, friends, once you understand what the Scripture says about the Antichrist, once you know what the Bible teaches... You'll never again accuse anybody else of being the Antichrist until the real one steps out on the stage. And trust me, I believe this with all my heart. Trust me, many millions will be deceived, but you as a born-again child of God will not be deceived one bit. You will know immediately. In fact, I personally believe if you've been saved five minutes and he steps out on the stage, you won't be deceived. Because the Spirit of Christ will be in you. Wow. All right, let's dig in. Just a little bit here. Let's see what we can find. All right. So, what does the Bible tell us about the Antichrist that will help us identify him? Unmistakably know exactly who he is. What do, what do we know about the Bible? Now, let's put it in order. And this may shock you just a little bit, but stay with me now because we'll back all of this up with Scripture. First thing we know about the Antichrist is we know when he is coming. We know exactly when he will appear on the scene. Now, we don't know exactly when he will come as far as the date, but we know exactly when he will come as far as the events as they unfold in the last day. We know that. Now, I can't tell you throughout my whole ministry, when the subject of Antichrist comes up, I almost always have somebody who will come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm not the least bit concerned about the Antichrist. I don't care a thing about the Antichrist. And Pastor, I want to tell you why I don't care a thing about the Antichrist. I don't care anything about the Antichrist because I'm not going to be here when the Antichrist shows up. That's what they tell me. 
They say, I'm a Christian, I'm going up in the rapture, he will not be revealed until after the rapture. I'll never see him, I'll never have to deal with him, you can teach and preach on it if you want, but I'm not concerned, I don't care a thing about the Antichrist. And I tell you, I've done this for 40 years. I always say basically the same thing to them. I sure hope you're right. I hope and pray you're right. With all my heart, I want you to be right. But friends, I don't think they're right. Not according to the Bible. Let me read to you. 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 4 says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him. Now, let's just stop right there. Did you know that the word rapture is never used in the Bible? It is a word that we use to describe something that happens in the Bible. So you're never going to find the word rapture in the Bible. But, friends, you will never find a scripture in the Bible that's more centered or focused on the rapture than what I've just read to you. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him. Would you agree with me? That's the rapture. If that's not the rapture, I don't know what the rapture is. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, can I personally tell you I don't like that scripture? But God didn't check in with me. He didn't ask for my advice. I don't like that. I really do like what other people are saying. But I can tell you, friends, that this passage of scripture is crystal clear. Is it not? Now, here, here's what I want to say. People will say, well, when is the rapture going to take place? Will, will it take place immediately after the man of sin is revealed? Will it take place before the tribulation period? Will it take place in the middle of the tribulation period? Will it take place at the end of the tribulation period? And I can honestly tell you, I do not know for sure. But what I do know for sure is this. Now, brothers, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to Him, that day will not come except there first be a falling away. And by the way, I think that's happening right now. And the man of sin is revealed. You believe whatever you want to believe. That's what I believe. And I believe this, friends. I believe if you're alive, when our Lord Jesus Christ splits that eastern sky, you will have seen the Antichrist with your own eyes. Now, what does the Bible tell us about him that will help us identify him and to know exactly who he is? Really, these are not subtle points I'm about to share with you. The things I'm about to share with you don't fit anybody who's ever lived or ever will live except one man. 
The first thing I want you to know about this man, and I'll just deal with this one because this is the one everybody always likes to talk about. So we'll just go ahead and talk about it up front. The first way to identify the Antichrist is he'll want to give you a tattoo. I'm not making that up. He'll want to put a tattoo on your body. Ready for this? Revelation 13, 16 through 8. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. He's going to try to put a a mark, a tattoo on every living person on earth. My family will validate what I'm about to tell you. This is a personal testimony. My whole adult life, when I've gone to an amusement park, when I've gone to some event or gone anywhere where they have somebody standing at the gate or the door and they have one of those stamps, And they say, hand me your hand, we're going to stamp your hand. And I always say, nope, can't stamp my hand. Well, then you can't come in. And I'll say to them, have you ever heard of the mark of the beast? Sometimes people look at me and they don't know what I'm talking about. And then every now and then I'll have somebody say, listen, this is not the mark of the beast. Give me your hand. And I'll say, no, I'm not giving you my hand. And then they'll say, well, then you can't come in. And then I will say, this is my religious conviction. And that scares them a little bit. (laughs) And then sometimes I'll take my hat. I'll take my hat and I'll say, here, just stamp my hat. Or here's my ticket, stamp my ticket. But you're not going to put it on my skin. And did you know I've never been denied entrance? They always do it. They always stamp something other than me. I'm not going to let them stamp me. Now you say, Pastor, don't you think that's taking it a little bit too far? And my answer to that is, absolutely. (laughs) But at least I'm getting in the practice of saying, no, you can't put a mark on me. You can't put a tattoo on me. I'm getting in the practice. And and friends, I, I just recommend to you I strongly, I highly recommend to you, don't let anybody put a mark on you. Don't let anybody put a tattoo on your body. That's my recommendation. Now I know what some of you are thinking. Boy, he's on thin ice now. Let's, let's, let's secretly pray for the pastor. He's about to get in trouble. Friends, let me just clarify right now. Let me clarify. I know a lot of Christians who have tattoos. And I love them. I just don't love their tattoos. And some of you feel the same way I do. And there's a lot of people in the world feel the same way. I love them. I think it's absolutely awesome that people come together from all different walks of life to come together to serve, to worship, and to honor the Lord together. I think that's awesome. It is not a point of separation For me. But nonetheless, 
I highly recommend that you don't let anybody put a mark on your body, especially one you can't take off. I recommend that. Come on, I want at least five people to clap. Now, by the way, don't you leave here today saying the pastor said my tattoo is the mark of the beast. Because I didn't say that. In fact, I don't think your tattoo is the mark of the beast. Now, wait, let me back up. I have seen a few. (laughs) Come on, be honest. I've seen a few that might qualify. As the, as the mark. Have you ever seen somebody with a tattoo of the devil on them? They had to be on something when they had that done, right? Or how about this? Just, how blatant is this? Six, six, six. I saw a guy one day had six, six, six tattooed on him. I don't want to be in the same room with him. I don't even want to be around him. No. No, I don't even know what to think about that. Now, when you leave here today, here's, Here's what I don't want you to say. I don't want you to say, man, our pastor just does not like tattoos. Because you'd be wrong if you said that. In fact, I've been wondering when I could announce this to the church, but I'm getting ready to make an announcement. I'm planning on getting a tattoo. I've made up my mind. On my hat. Not a bad idea, but I, I, I'm, do, I'm talking about a real tattoo. I'm seriously thinking about getting a tattoo. Let me share it with you. Revelation 22.4. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. Revelation 3.12, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm going to get a tattoo, but the Antichrist is not going to give it to me, and nobody in this world is going to give it to me. I'm going to hold out to the end where my Christ writes His name on me and puts His mark and His mark alone. And I want you to know it won't be all mixed up with the world's marks. (laughs) All right. There's some good churches in the county if you need me to recommend one to you. (laughs) I'm going to hold out until then. I hope you will too. But here, what we're trying to do is we're trying to identify the Antichrist. Let me tell you what he's going to do. He's going to insist everybody gets a tattoo. Here's something else. He'll demand worship. He will exalt himself above everything that is called God. He will demand that every human being on earth worship Him. We just read it a moment ago, 2 Thessalonians 2.4, who opposes and exalts Himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that He sits as God in the temple of God, showing Himself that He is God. Wow. He'll demand that every religion on the face of the earth 
shut down, close its doors, and convert to him and start worshiping him. That's what the scripture says. Revelation 13, 5, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Well, friends, the Antichrist will demand that everybody worship him. I always hear people, I've always heard people talk about a one-world government. And there will be a one-world government, and he will be head of that one-world government. But that's not what we should be talking about. There's going to be a one-world religion. And he will be the focus of that one-world religion. And he will declare himself to be God. And he will demand that everybody worship him. Now, friends, the saints of God, the true saints of God, will will identify him and they will not worship him, but everybody else will worship him. Revelation 13, 4 says, says, So they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like the beast who is able to make war with him? Friends, when this man steps out on the stage of human history, he will demand that everybody wear his mark and worship him. Now, That's easy. I can tell you, nobody in history fits that. That can only be one person, and we'll know when it happens. Now, I'll also tell you, he's going to put on quite a show for the world. Revelation 13.3 says, And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. Something is going to happen. He's going to be wounded. It'll look like somebody has killed him or destroyed him. And the whole world will watch and he will be miraculously healed and restored. And they will marvel when they see this and they will follow him. Second Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power. Don't just read over these words quickly. With all power, signs and lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Friends, this man will be so extremely charismatic, so miraculous, so powerful, so supernatural that the only people on the planet who will be able to resist him will be those who know the truth and those who have an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They're the only ones that'll be able to resist. He'll be a man of miracles. That's what we just read. Signs and wonders and all power. He'll be a man of miracles. More than likely, he'll heal the sick. He'll raise the dead. He'll perform never-before-seen miracles on the face of the earth. He will probably solve the social, political, and economic problems of the earth. And for a short season, he's going to seem like the most wonderful thing that ever happened. And by the way, did you know that 65 countries, right now, as I speak to you, 65 countries are at war right now with somebody. Man, we are in a world that's full of war. He'll end every one of those wars. And friends, the only war that will be going on will be the one war that he's waging against those who oppose him. Man, and I got to tell you this, friends, for a little while, he's going to appear to be exactly what the world wants. You see, what the world has always wanted is supernatural power without bowing down to a holy God. That's what the world's always wanted. And that's what he's going to offer people. 
People are going to get to do exactly what they've always wanted to do in this world. They're going to get to live evil, wicked, degenerate, debased lives and still have the blessings of a supernatural leader. But it'll just be for a short time. Because i got to tell you, when all this happens, it won't be long. The Lord's coming. And one passage of Scripture says he'll consume him with the breath of his mouth. Let me give you a couple more things that are just easy to recognize him by. He'll be Satan's man. That's what the Scripture says, 2 Thessalonians 2, 9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. He will receive all of his power from Satan himself. He will be evil incarnate. There will be one man in the last days walking around on planet earth who will have all the evil power of Satan at his disposal. He'll be Satan's superman. He'll be Satan's evil dictator who will rule the world. You see, friends, you've got to look at both sides. Jesus was the personification of God on earth for good. He'll be the personification of Satan on earth for evil. He'll be the most evil, the most ungodly, the most powerful, natural man who has ever lived on the planet. And that will be, in the end, a deadly combination. He will savagely... Hold on to your seats now. He will savagely persecute the saints of God. Daniel 7.25 says, He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. Now the theologians tell us that that probably means three and a half years. I'm not sure about that, but I'm sure about this. He will savagely persecute the saints. Revelation 13, 7 through 8 says, It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Friends, there is a growing spirit of Antichrist in the world right now. In fact, that's where we'll pick up the message next week. This growing spirit of Antichrist. But what we know is this, is this growing spirit of Antichrist will culminate with the coming of one man, one evil dictator, one man, Satan's man. And that man will lead the whole world in persecuting the saints of the Most High God. I don't think you'll have any trouble identifying the Antichrist. Didn't I promise you a surprise scripture? Here it is. If everything I've shared with you scares the daylights out of you, then you need this scripture. And I want to tell you, it's a scripture you've heard probably many times before in your life. You may have even quoted it. But once you understand what I'm about to share with you in context, it becomes surprising, it becomes wonderful, and it becomes comforting. I'll quote it first. And you're going to say, that's a surprise scripture, but then I'm going to put it in context. 
and then you're going to see it. And it's going to make a difference in your life. Here it is. I'll just quote it first. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's a great verse, isn't it? But are you aware of the fact that that verse is talking about how you will stand up against the Antichrist? Let's look at it in context. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and this is that spirit of Antichrist. Wherefore ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You see, John is teaching them about the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, and at the same time he's teaching them about Antichrist, he wants to comfort them, and he wants them to understand as true born-again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as people who have Christ inside of them, he's saying, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Let me say it this way. This will help you. The Christ that is in you is greater than the Antichrist that's in the world. One more time. The Christ that is in you is greater than the Antichrist that's in the world. Jesus even foretold this time when the false Christ would come. And this is what Jesus said. He'll be so powerful. He'll be so amazing. What he does will be so impacting that if it were possible, he would deceive even the elect. But guess what? It ain't possible. He can't do it. Why? Because the Christ that is in you is greater than the Antichrist that's in the world. And child of God, there's some ugly, bad, ungodly, wicked stuff going on in our world today. Right now, that spirit of Antichrist is growing. But the Christ that is in you is greater than the Antichrist that's in the world. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to River of Life Podcast. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions.